you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Previously on the Fade Route with D and Z. You know, it's been reported that Russ uh, and James Harden don't really want to play together anymore. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! And if that's the case, you know where he needs to go? Brooklyn, because then you got Durant oh and you got Kyrie. You got three guys who just want there, <laughs> and it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He can be a coach just like them. <laughs> Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and what a huge way to open up our initial foray into Wednesday nights. The Brooklyn Nets have acquired James Harden from the Rockets in a mega deal that included the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lots of moving parts going around. Lots of draft picks. Super risky for the Nets. And also, the potential to be super rewarding since you are now building a big three of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and maybe Kyrie Irving. I, I don't know. He's mix- He's going to miss his sixth consecutive game with what's being called personal reasons. The league is investigating him for being maskless at his sister's birthday party. He was doing a social justice event, I believe, uh, talking um, on a conference call yesterday. As As the ball was about to tip, he was at, I believe, a fundraiser for a potential new Manhattan uh, district attorney, I believe. But, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Nobody knows what's going on with Kyrie Irving. So what else? He's new. Uh, Machinations of the deal. Big time. The Nets get Harden and a second-round pick. Houston gets Victor Oladipo. Initially, they got Karis LeVert, but he got flipped to the Pacers for Oladipo. Jared Allen and Torian Prince go from the Nets to the Cavs. The Rockets get Dante Exum from Cleveland and Rodi Kuruks, a good shooter from the Brooklyn Nets. But the big story is the picks. Brooklyn gives up three unprotected, unprotected first round draft picks. You're looking at 2022, 2024, and 2026, plus pick swaps. The right to pick, to swap picks 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Plus the Rockets get a first round pick from Cleveland from the Milwaukee Bucks. This is, this is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Risky as heck for the Nets. A great haul for the Rockets. But we'll see what everybody else got as far as this deal is concerned. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going? And how are you processing this whole thing? Seems like the NBA is really trying to compete with the NFL playoffs here with all this exciting action. It was a pretty quiet uh, league year so far besides them having to cancel some games. But man, this is a big splash that even players are going on Twitter and Instagram and saying, wow, whoa. I mean, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, especially the potential of this starting lineup. You're looking at Kyrie Irving if he ever comes back. James Harden, Jeff Green, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. Not a lot of defense there, but man, they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, 
you know my first my first impression was i was shocked i was like wow i can't believe you know they got this deal done and then my second feeling was you know i don't really know how good it's gonna work out and here's why um we've seen this before right we saw kevin durant james harden and russell westbrook playing for oklahoma city thunder what like 10 years ago something like yeah, that slightly different circumstance harden's coming off the bench as their sixth man but yeah they were all together and they get to the finals and they think they lost to the miami heat i'm pretty sure they gave lebron either his first or his second title um so now we're 10 years later james harden's a superstar now westbrook is playing for the for the washington basketball team and kevin durant's coming off of some serious surgery so now it's like okay what's the dynamic of this team gonna be like you know durant and harden kind of need the ball i believe Harden's, I believe Kevin Durant's averaging around 30 points a game. So you're going to be able to keep that going. And, you know, since they last played together, Harden's game is completely different now. Tremendously different. So, and then they have Steve Nash as their coach. You're not sure how well he's going to be able to get these guys to play together. It's all about how well they're going to play together, right? So... I mean, are, are they going to be better than a team like the Heat? Are they going to be as formidable as the team like the 76ers? I don't know. They definitely have star power. And they're definitely going to be fun to watch. I don't discredit that. Um, you know, I'm just – I just don't see where the defense is going to come from this year. And I don't know how it's going to play out in a seven-game series, especially if Kyrie Irving decides he doesn't want to play. True. I mean, you're definitely – you're loading up on the star potential – if they are willing, and that's the key, they have they have to be willing to put their egos aside for the sake of this project. And that's the only way these super teams can work. One guy needs to be the alpha, and the other guys need to be in the background. That, I mean, it was Dwayne Wade's team in Miami, but LeBron James took that team from him willingly from D-Wade. D-Wade was fine playing second fiddle, and Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh is a career second fiddle, so this was like nothing new to him. So, but but just to just to add to that comment, Chris Bosh was one of the players that was most affected by LeBron, and he literally had to change his entire game, and it it was him that really put that team over the top because he had to learn. I'm a baseline shooter. I'm a rebounder. I'm gonna play defense, and that's what I'm gonna do whether I'm scoring two points a night or 18 points a night, that's my job. And I think a lot of people forget how valuable Chris Bosh was to that team. See, you know, Dwayne Wade already won his championship with Shaq. Like, yep, you know, it's true. he, he, yeah, he, he did, he did his time. So he didn't have a problem saying, okay, yeah, LeBron go like, it's fine with me, but it really took, it really took Chris Bosh to learn how to carve out his role to put that team over the top. So, and it's, I'm glad you said that because now in this situation, it's gonna the same thing is gonna have to take place, right? Yeah. They probably don't win this year, but next year it's gonna be like, okay, so is Kyrie Irving gonna become a true point guard, deliver the basketball, score, you know, 12, 13 points a game, have 10 assists a game, you know, or how how is it gonna play His out? His face is a it, milk carton, man. They can't even guarantee he's gonna show up to work on time. Nasty, and 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 that's the other part of this trade that I don't think people are talking enough about, because let's be real, the the, the Nets were stacked. The, the Nets didn't need James Harden. I mean, they're beating people without Kyrie Irving. I think they even beat people without Kevin Durant. He sat out a game or two. So, is this move because they're like, yo, we don't even know if Kyrie Irving's going to stay here. We don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to be playing. Like, I'm starting to think that that's what this move was about. This move was about, like, okay, well, we've already seen what this is going to be like. So why don't we go get James Harden? Because he can play with Kevin Durant. And, you know, whether Kyrie comes back or he doesn't come back or if he exits to be traded or if he retires, we're ready for it. That's what I think. Honestly, it does reek of a little bit of panic just from the simple fact that Kyrie Irving is the Kanye West of basketball, man. Like, you don't know where the hell he's coming from next. But 
it definitely, I mean, it's a swing for the fence move. We, I mean, we've been talking about it since November. So it's definitely been in the works, but this is high risk, high reward at its finest. Billy King got run out of town for high risk, high reward because it blew up in his face. Now, Sean Marks had a totally different trajectory up until recent years. You had your Kenny Atkinson hire. You had your development, uh, player development. Spencer Dinwiddie became a household name. Karis LeBert became a good player. Jared Levert. Allen. All these yeah. guys that, yeah, all these guys that are now gone. And the only reason why Dinwiddie's still there is because he's hurt. Otherwise, he would have been in the trade, no doubt. But he's really good too. No, Dinwiddie is great. I mean, Dinwiddie yeah. is definitely. That's what I'm trying to say. Like they, they didn't need to do this, and like unless. He thought for a second that Kyrie wasn't going to come back yeah. or you were worried that maybe the Sixers might get hardened or maybe the Heat might get hardened. Like, unless you were worried about a competitor getting him, I, I don't see – I mean, the, the top eight teams make the freaking playoffs. In the NBA. Right. Like, you guys, you guys are making the playoffs, and really that's all you really need to do, right? Because Kevin Durant is unguardable. He's un. Guardable. He goes for thirty a night, however late, however he wants. So, would you say this is more of a move to kind of put them on pace with the Lakers than anything else? Not so much the Eastern Conference because they could have blown away the Eastern Conference just with Durant and Kyrie. See, that's the thing is, I I don't see them as being able to compete with the Lakers. Like, who's guarding Anthony Davis? Like, don't tell me it's DeAndre Jordan. I was just about to say like... DeAndre Jordan before I took a sip of my water. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then who's guarding LeBron James? Kevin Durant's already shown he can't guard LeBron James. Uh, Harden doesn't play defense, so and that's the thing the guys in the Lakers do. Like that's yeah. that's going to be the that's going to be the key because LeBron James, say what you will about him, he is a complete player. He's not just a and he's sport. played all he's played all twelve games this year. Yeah, he, he is not taking it and. I, I keep telling everybody I talk to about this. The best pickup of the offseason was Dennis Schroeder. Like, he has made the Lakers so much better because he's that good of a point guard and that good of a player. So, again, I guess if Kyrie decides to play, yeah, he could probably guard Schroeder, but he's not going to stop him from delivering the ball. No. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to compete in the East – but I, I think it's going to take at least a year. I mean, it took LeBron and T, it took LeBron, Wade, and Bosh a year. So I don't see how they can they can possibly come together in less than a year. Well, all it does is build in some excuses. You know, like this year's oh we're working KD and this, oh now we got to work James Harden into the system and you know Steve Nash he's still finding his way as a coach and if they completely bottom out and tank Steve Nash is done. Let's be real here. He's good. You know, you kind of go into this knowing you're going to be the fall guy if something happens, if something goes south. So I don't really, I mean, if I like the other yeah. side of the deal, actually, I, I like the Rockets getting all those picks, getting rid of James Harden, getting Victor Oladipo. Um, if I'm the Rockets, I'm like, this is great. I'm really and happy with that. It doesn't, doesn't matter if we weren't going to do anything this year anyway. So what does it matter? Like, I don't really care about this year. Like, and, and this other thing is John Wall is actually having a pretty decent season. Mm -hmm. I know they're not really winning games, but they're, they're have, they're playing all right for, you know, what, what they have. They're three and six. I mean, well, for what they, they're three and six with Harden. I mean, <laughs> With Harden on the team, right? So, I mean, who cares? Like, and and who knows what they can do with those picks? You might be able to flip them into players. You might attract a free agent. Oh, for sure, you're gonna have money. You're gonna have money now. So, well, at, yeah. at the deadline, if you know, if they somehow, and I think they will, I think they could definitely scratch their way into contention in the Western Conference. You know, bottom bottom tier of the division. You know, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. If the Hornets are going nowhere. Who's to say you don't flip some of those picks for Gordon Hayward? Like that would be, I think that would be a great addition to their team, but you know, it remains to be seen still very early in the season, but um, yeah, big moves being made by the Brooklyn Nets. And you know, now the, the, 
the ke- the keg has been lit. The powder keg has been lit. So we're just waiting for the mass explosion. And it's gonna be it's gonna be delicious watching this happen. Like I said, high risk, high reward, but we are gonna strap in and it's gonna be a hell of a ride. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. This is going to surprise you. What the hell? He's getting his own show? My name is Cleveland Brown, and I am proud to be right back in my hometown with my new family. Not much surprise me these days. There's old friends and new friends and even a band. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Through good times and bad times, it's true love and share. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and make a run in the playoffs this year. And so I found a place where everyone will know my happy mustache face. This is the Cleveland Show. COVID be damned, the running game travels. <laughs> Yay! Speaking of a hell of a ride, the Cleveland Browns took it to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the finale of last week's super wild card, making Ben Roethlisberger look, well, maybe not making Ben so much as Ben making Ben look You called it. I did call it. it. I called it. So, you know, a wise man once said, I didn't come to toot my horn, but toot, toot. The Cleveland Browns (laughs) defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 48-37. A good defensive showing, considering the fact they did not have their best defensive player, Denzel Ward. Joel Batonio did not play, but the offensive line kept Baker Mayfield relatively clean. The running game showed up. Baker Mayfield did not screw up. And Ben Roethlisberger looked like he was shot. So, I pose this to you. Was this so much of a collapse or did the Browns just, or did they just come together at the right time? And did they take it from the Steelers? I mean, here it is. It's, it's, it's a collapse, right? I mean, but we saw this coming. We saw this coming weeks ago. I mean, they started off 11 and 0. you go on to lose five of your next six games. I mean, it's not, it's definitely telling. Uh, I think this is like going to be like the first year where like, Ben's like kind of floating that is not going to float the retirement idea because everybody kind of probably wants him to retire. You know, <laughs> everyone, you know, every year he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to come back. I don't know. So everyone's like, yeah, Ben, yeah, I don't think, he, you know, they're hoping he's going to say that, but like, yeah, you shouldn't come back. Uh, so it was, it, I mean, they just got away from what they're good at. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you think about Pittsburgh and we're a running team or a throwing team, 52 yards rushing. Come on. That's, that's God awful. They threw the ball 68 times. From opening snap, it was a mess. <laughs> Pouncey snap, snaps it over Ben's head, goes in the end zone. Neither Ben or Connor can get it, but somehow all the Cleveland Browns are able to get it. In a blink of an eye, it's 28 nothing. Ben's throwing interceptions to linemen. He's throwing interceptions to safeties, corners. Uh, so, so they spotted them 28 points, and they still only managed to lose by 11. Um, so, you know, for me – it, it was definitely more about the collapse of the Steelers. It's definitely telling. Um, we can kind of parallel this with a team from the NFC. The Seahawks also had that horrible collapse against the Rams, but the, I think their collapse really started earlier. But the, the key ingredient that overlaps both of them is that both teams got away from what they do best and what they do to effectively establish their offense. And they both need a running game to set up the pass. And neither team really established that to, to the head coach's satisfaction. Uh, Pete Carroll fired Brian Schottenheimer after three seasons. Rightfully, rightfully so. so. Opens him up for the Jets, I'm just saying. But, um, you know, do does a head need to roll in Pittsburgh? Because Mike Tomlin has been talking about that since, like, week 11. That we're getting away from our identity as a team. Well, you're the head coach. Do something about it. Yeah, well, I think I think in Pittsburgh they need to come into the draft and go into the off season 
with a backup plan. Mm. I could totally see Ben coming to camp and then saying, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore or getting hurt in the first four weeks and be like, listen, I'm done because he just, he, he looked, yeah, like you said, he looked old. He looked like he didn't want to be there. Uh, He's crying at the end of the game. I can't, they look, they got blown out by the Jaguars a couple of years in the playoffs. They didn't see him cry after that game. Um, But the Browns did what they needed to do. Uh, You know, Baker proved he belongs there. He proved to be worthy of where he got drafted. Kareem Hunt silences doubters and all the people that had a lot to say about what he did a couple of years ago and why he got kicked out of Kansas city. Uh, but well done Cleveland. Um, and as a reward, you I get thought, the cheese. I thought, right. I thought Claypool said it best was don't get clapped by KC this weekend. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my God. Dude, what is wrong with uh, you? Shut up. But, Shut up. but the thing Have is, you not yeah, I mean, Juju? Shut up. I think the difference I think the difference between Seattle and Pittsburgh is that, you know, Seattle started out hot and then they started trying to flirt with this idea of Russell getting the MVP award. I really mm-hmm. believe that. And it's like, well, how do we get him the MVP award? Let's throw the ball a ton. You know, they had all these running backs and they were proving that they were able to run the ball in the first couple of weeks of the season. And then the last couple of weeks is just like he's getting sacked. He's missing throws. I mean, his QBR in the game was awful, and he's missing play. When was the last time you seen Russell Wilson get sacked that many times? All of a sudden, he can't he can't elude anybody. True, he can't escape. Granted, pressure. it was Aaron Donald so, and, the, and the Rams, the number one defense in the league. So, and and listen, I don't I don't really like Brian Schottenheimer. I don't really think he's that great of a guru or that great of a really- coach. But. When you look at it, it's like, I feel like they said, well, one of them's got to go. It's got to be either Russell Wilson or Brian Schottenheimer. I'm like, yeah, well, it's going to be Brian well, Schottenheimer. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's how I think they looked at the situation because they're star-studded. Um, the scheme is a collaborative effort. You can't, you can't tell me that Russ sits in a room, listens to what they want to do, and says, okay, he's going to put his two cents in. He's going to say what he thinks and what he wants to do, what he doesn't want to do. Same thing with Pete Carroll. So – you know, Brian Schottenheimer is at the end-all, be-all of offensive coordinators. And then, then the flip side, in Pittsburgh, it, it's just like, you know, we saw them – I mean, I, I had James Conner on my fantasy team. So I was very much watching them, especially in their red zone. And anytime they're within the five-yard line, ten-yard line, they're going five-by receivers. Mm-hmm. It's just like, guys, what are you doing? That's power to fucking football in the end zone. Like, how hard is this? And And – They'll go incomplete, incomplete, and then somehow Ben scrambles or he throws a quick pass and they score a touchdown. Even on the fourth and ones, like they're barely getting fourth and ones. Mm-hmm. They're barely converting those. Like, come on, guys. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got Mike Pouncey. You got all these offensive line. Villanueva have been here forever. Like, you, you guys forgot how to play. And it's not like they're so, bereft of talent in the running back room because you have Connor. You have Snell. You have Samuels. McFarland's very good, too. They even have Derek Watt. They handed off to Derek Watt twice. Granted, he got stuffed the second time. Right. So so my whole thing is, is like, you know, the Steelers collapse. Browns deserve deserve to move on. And uh, we'll see how they do next week. No, actually, do they have a shot? What do you say? Do you mean, do they have a legitimate shot against a fully rested Kansas City Chiefs team? Right, so he, so he, so in the history of, of Mahomes playing Baker, I think Mahomes lost in college, but I think Mahomes got the revenge in the pros. The issue I have with the Browns and watching that Pittsburgh game is they scored 28 points in the first quarter. Okay, they only went on they went on to only win by 11 points. They gave up 37 points to the Pittsburgh Steelers in three quarters if you do that against the kansas city chiefs you're not going to be able to catch up and because once they go right and and we know that kansas city has been a notorious slow starter so it is quite possible that the browns can put up a lead on them but this is an indictment on their defense and you are facing a better team next week so i mean you're in the game anything can happen If you play ball control with Hunt and with Chubb, you keep Mahomes off the field. You have a shot. You play play the same way the Giants did against the Bills in the Super Bowl. You keep Jim Kelly on the sideline. He can't hurt you. So, I mean, I'm not – 
do better today than you did yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> no, but you have they they can't like they can't go in and play the way they played last weekend. If they go in and play the way they played last weekend, they're gonna get blowed out. Totally. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's how I, that's my two cents. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, they exercised some demons as well, beating the Indianapolis Colts to open up Super Wild Card Weekend 27 24. A couple of head scratching decisions by head coach Frank Reich. Um, being a little too aggressive when you're in the red zone and you had the opportunity to get points, instead, you're going to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. You, I support it though. I support it though because he almost could like the it, it went off of the guy's fingertips. It it was a perfect play call. Like and and you're going to make up that right. ground later on right. in the game. I have no problem with the play call. I am on the school that if you have the opportunity to get points, you get points. So, you know, that it's just a philosophical difference that we have. Uh Rodrigo Blankenship is a really good kicker. So, you know, he's not on Justin Tucker's level, but he's definitely you know, hey, Justin Tucker missed a kick this weekend, too. So, you know, anything can happen. Who knows? Who's to say that, you know, it's the fallacy of the pre-German outcome, you know? Who's to say Sanchez doesn't bobble the, bobble the snap or anything can happen? But from that close, unless it's Doug Peterson, you, you should be probably, you, you know, you're going to be kicking that field goal for the most part. Hey, man, you're on, you're, you're on the road. You're rolling. You got a chance to, you know, convert that. And, you know, we don't have this conversation if they convert it. We're not like, oh, man, he really shouldn't have did that. Right. Or, you know. Well, so, we're only we're and, and the still a, and, they lost by three and you, you, put, you, right. you passed on three points. Right. But we also don't know how much of that would have changed the, the complexion of the game, right? It could have changed if he hit – if they do convert that, it, it changes a lot of things that would have moved forward. Oh, absolutely, forward. definitely. But one thing that didn't change was Josh Allen's play. He played a stellar game and – it's uh, they did lose Zach Moss though. Let's not uh, bury the lead here. They didn't have much of a running game to begin with, and now one of their better running backs is hurt. So um, it's definitely going to impact them a little bit at the very least. But um, there's one one guy you can't put that game on if you're the Colts is Philip Rivers. Like he did not have a game, an, an embarrassingly bad game, like Ben did. If we're gonna do a you know if we're, if we're gonna compare the 35 and over crowd. Philip Rivers equated himself well, but where does he go from here? You know, he has that standing offer from the high school down, I believe, in Alabama to be the head coach. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's going to be, remember the Titans. That's, he's going to be Herman Boone at this point. But um, do the Colts move on from him or do they, you know, do they ride one more year with Philip Rivers? Yeah, I mean, Frank Wright is saying that he wants him to come back. Um and they don't really have a better option. No, right they now. don't. Jacoby Brissett's um, not a good they, quarterback. They could go into the draft and get somebody, or they could go get a guy like Matthew Stafford. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't think he's going to retire. But I do think other jobs could be interesting to him. I believe his family right now is living in Florida, and I think. Uh, a team like the Dolphins could use him if they're going to go forward with Tua because of the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick thing they did this past season. Or depending on who becomes the coach of Jacksonville, if they're going to wind up drafting the kid, who better yet, who better to have the backup or the veteran there than Phillip Rivers? Um, he could still play. I mean, there's no doubt. His numbers were great this year. Uh, his average his yeah, average yard per attempt was uh, 7.7, which is not off of his, his normal. Uh, it was 7.6, which is not off of his career average, which is 7.7. Uh, he had 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and really not a lot of help, right? I mean, he had a rookie running back. He had rookie receivers. Um, T.Y. Hilton wasn't the T.Y. Hilton of old, so – and you think about its situation. Let's say Houston does trade Deshaun Watson. How about bringing Phil Rivers in to just play for a year with with uh, Cooks and Fuller? I, and based on that, that rumor, you know, you'll be mentoring Tua anyway. So if, whether it's in Miami or in Houston, they're, they're kind of tied to right. Tua. Or right, or the situation. Let's say Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's trying to be ready for the start of the season. 
I'm sure the Cincinnati Bengals would love to have Phillip Rivers there. Or how about if Drew Brees retires? Mm. Because now if Drew Brees retires, they can't get Brady anymore. But damn, Phillip Rivers would love to play in that system down That's there. a definite intriguing possibility. And it's closer to his home, too. So it's one of those things. He's from that area. So not, it's, it's not, not a, hard a hard sell, sell. man. It's not it, a hard sell. It's not sell. like when the Chargers moved from San Diego and he had to get in the minivan and drive three hours up to L.A. just to practice. So... Yeah, I think for I think for sure I think for sure Phillips coming back. I don't think Drew Brees is coming back. Even if even if Sean Payton tells him, "Hey, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers," you're like, "Oh, good luck with that. I'm out." We got to keep that San Diego Charger connection alive. You know, go from one to the next. Wouldn't that, that be would something? be very interesting? And you know what, Taysom Hill's like, "I'm 31 years old. What the fuck am I doing?" You know, what <laughs> what am I doing? Like, with what is my going life? on here? Speaking of what it, what am I doing with my life? Doug Peterson is out as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles after that controversial tank job that guaranteed the Eagles the number six overall pick and that rift, that the mutual rift between himself and Carson Wentz. Owner Jeffrey Lurie clearly siding with Wentz on this one. And um, we know that his fate is sealed. One guy that we find really interesting on this show, his fate is sealed as well. Matt Nagy is returning as the head coach of the Chicago Bears and Chuck Pagano, the defensive coordinator, you know, the only unit that was good on that team. Chuck Pagano is retiring after two seasons. (laughs) (laughs) What can you say about Chuck Pagano other than he was a really good head coach in Indy and he should be running the ship, but that's neither here nor there. Are you surprised that Peterson's out? Are you surprised that Nagy's still there? Uh, with Peterson, I think the conversation kind of went like this. He's like, okay, well, you know, how do we fix this? I think Lori was like, well, how do we fix this? How do we move on from here? And he's like, we need to get rid of Carson Wentz. And, and Jeffrey was like, no, like, no. I, I no, that's not how we're Fuck gonna move don't. forward. Like if that's your so yeah, if that's your solution, then you're out, dude. And I think uh, Lori was like, "Thank you for the Super Bowl," and Doug was like, "Thank you for the statue outside," and he left. <laughs> like that's how I think the conversation went. And I, uh, you know, for for Peterson, it kind of it, it kind of goes back to when I talk about like Rex Ryan. It's just like you gotta coach the players that are there. You can't just run your system and get guys that only fit into your system because it it just doesn't work like that. You got to be able to win with the players you have. That's why I find the the Matt Nagy situation extremely frustrating because he's terrible, but at least with Nagy, it could be justified with, okay, well he has a winning record. He gets us to the playoffs. One coach of the year in 2018. Right. He's winning. So, and, and, and I can't do better. Like who, who out there is better Am I? Do I really want to start this over? Like, do I really want to re- really go back to square one? I mean, Mitch is. I don't think Mitchell. Trubisky I think they declined back. his option already. So I think he's done. Yeah, they declined. Yeah, they declined his option. But I, I, I can't. I can't see a situation where like he's going to come back. So, you know, what what are you going to do now? You got to have to get a quarterback. Foles. I think unless you stick with Foles and kind of, you know, they, they've proven that. They can win, yeah. right? They've proven they can win, but you're not beating the Packers, and you're not, you know, every year it's the same old story. And then this was a team I believe started like five and one or four and one. Like they had a really good start, and they just kind of tailed off towards the end. So, you know, that's that's where I am with the two. Of well, those guys. I mean, with Matt Nagy, I mean, he does have that 2018 Coach of the, of the Year. He has a winning record. Um, Doug Peterson, you definitely, I mean, we talked about it, how they coasted on the laurels of that Super Bowl, but neither team is set at quarterback. I mean, let's not be, let's not say that Carson Wentz is anything special. So, I mean, when healthy, he's good, but he's not, he's an overrated quarterback. And now there's a gaping hole in Chicago. I mean, you have one year of foals, but any contract can be traded. So, I mean, if you're willing to eat the money. But who – yeah, who's going to want to – who's going to want to go – who's going to want to go there? Unless Nagy wants Wentz, but 
the thing about it is is I don't I don't really think Wentz is overrated. I think he had a bad year, you know. Yeah, and it started it started two years ago. I think he's competent. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's coachable. I think he's fixable. He his decision making you know? leaves a lot to be desired. Definitely watching him and a comparable player, oddly enough, is Josh Allen. You see the maturation in Josh Allen's game. You still don't see that from Carson Wentz, and he's been in the league two years longer. So, you know, at, at some point he well hold well hold on a second, but Josh Allen is throwing to Stefan Diggs, man. Like who's this guy throwing to? Deshaun Jackson? Well, He's throwing to Stefan Diggs this year, but he w- he wasn't doing it yeah. last year, and he was still at sixty something percent completion rate. He shot up to seventy this year because yeah, you have Stefan Diggs. They're going for it in Buffalo, so it's an organizational thing as much as anything that they didn't get him his guys. They got him Alshon Jeffrey, and they got him a bunch of you know retreads that you need to. Well, they drafted, yeah, they drafted Rieger. He just Aguilar really was out. terrible for them. I mean, he's finding himself. In Vegas, but uh, Aguilar was awful. See, I like Nelson Arcega Aguilar. White I think Aguilar is. I mean, I like I, I like Nelson Aguilar. I think he's actually he can't really catch good. babies. I really do. I think he like, he can't catch babies coming out of a burning <laughs> building. Come on, man. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. That guy I mean, was. Funny. Ertz is a is a mediocre tight end at best. He was great. He tailed off. He's for done. Years. Dallas Goddard yeah. is decent, but you know you, you you're hanging your hat on decent. So. I mean, it's the, the organization has that. failed him as much as Carson Wentz has failed them. Um, a cle- if they could trade the contract, I'm sure that, you know, they would s- certainly consider it depending on the packages. And, you know, Frank Reich is salivating over the possibility of having him in a Colts uniform. So, you know, right, it, right, right, we got to right. see. See, that, see, that's my whole thing. If he if Carson Wentz went to Indy and still played bad, then I'd be with you. But. I don't, I don't really put it all on him. I mean, and I think, I think also the pressure was starting to get to him too. Philadelphia is not an easy place to play. You got to remember, every time he comes to work every day, he sees a statue of his head coach and his backup quarterback every time he walks right. into the building. You know, that that's a lot, and he's he's dealing. And I'm not trying to, I'm not making excuses for the guy. I'm just saying, yeah, there are enough kid, people making excuses for Carson Wentz, so we don't need one more. He played North, where he played for South Dakota North State. Dakota State. Right? One of the Dakotas. North Dakota State. One of the Dakotas. <laughs> and he's playing in Philadelphia. And he had to watch the backup quarterback win the Super Bowl with his team. Let's not forget, he was going to probably get the MVP that year. Like, that's how good he yeah, was. Playing. No, I mean, and that he made a, instead of sliding, he dove head first and fucked up his back. So, again, decision making. Yeah, back, everything. Knee, everything. So, I mean, at least they Ayrton. got something in Philly. Whether they want to move him or not, they at least have a body. In Chicago, mm-hmm. you got Nick Foles. Nick Foles is who he is, and you have nothing else. So, honestly, the which is a brighter future, Chicago or Philly? Not for a quarterback. A quarterback going to Chicago is yeah. like a death sentence. Ask any quarterback who's ever as as a team. I would rather um, be on. I would be on the Eagles because they have a decent defense too. It's not like they're just letting. It's not like as a sieve. They definitely have some players on that side of the ball. So you put some competent players on offense, you can be a contender in the NFC East. Clearly, I mean the Spellman Pilots could be a friggin' contender in the NFC East. It's not that hard. I think I right. I think Chicago plays in a tougher division, but I like their defenders mm-hmm. better. I like their their defense almost won them that game against the Saints. You think about it if, if Trubisky if the guy catches that oh. touchdown pass, it's a comp- it's a completely different game. That play that was the perfect um, play. They had a yeah. They weren't they weren't breaking, and it just got to the fourth quarter. It's like yo guys, you guys yeah. got to score. Like, we only have three points. Like, what the Exactly. Fuck? <laughs> you know who's you know? thanking them? Thanking their lucky stars that they played the Bears? The New Orleans Saints. Because they're moving on to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who beat Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team. And Drew Brees is on record saying that this was inevitable. You know, it's the Thanos of games. It was inevitable. So what say you? Which old man is going to have a better game this weekend? I mean, word on the street was, you know, Breeze only came back because he heard that the Saints were going to sign Tom. And, you know, you could, could you, could you imagine if 
Tom Brady was on the God. Saints. Like, oh my God, jeez. Uh, you know, for me, I think it's it's hard to beat a team twice. It's even harder to beat them three times. So, you know, I'm going with Tom in this game. But I also think the game is going to come down to Tom against the Saints defense. Tom was the top five, was, was top five in total QBR when he was not under pressure during the regular season. But under pressure, he was tied for the worst with 49ers quarterback. Oh, God. Mullins. So, it, yeah. So it's all about can Tom beat the Saints? That's what it comes yeah. down to. And honestly, I think it's time that and we saw we saw this against the Washington football team. It's time to unleash Leonard Fournette on some teams. You know? Establish yes. the uh, run. Amen. Do, do what you need to do. And then that opens up the passing game. So I mean Malcolm Found Jenkins is okay. He's not what he used to be. Janoris Jenkins is overrated. I saw him with the Giants. He's garbage. So you can exploit them, especially with Evans, Godwin, Gronk. You have the weapons. Antonio Brown, you know, Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait had a really good game. So, yeah, you He's have really so many weapons to the point where it's an embarrassment of riches. It's, it's almost getting to the point where you can do what, what Belichick did, where he lined up Aaron Hernandez in the backfield. So, you, you know, you have to be creative, but also establish that run game. Drew Brees, eh, he just hasn't looked – I mean, he hasn't looked like the Drew Brees of old. He looks like an old Drew Brees. And it's also he – was, he was failed most of the year by Michael Thomas either not being there or not being effective. Jared Cook is not a game-breaker. Alvin Kamara can't do it all by himself. Taysom Hill, I mean, he's a good Swiss Army knife when they're not trying to anoint him the starting quarterback. So you definitely can, you know, you can make some usage of him. But um, yeah, I, I it's going to be a close game because these it's a it's a division game. Even though it's in the playoffs, these guys will ratchet up even more than they normally do. Both teams are going to play well, but I think the Bucks just have more talent. And at the end of the day, talent trumps all. I just, yeah, I mean, and the Saints are known for having a blunder in a yeah. playoff game, right? Like, that's that's the history of this, whether it's the beast quake or the uh, <laughs> or the, the missed tackle against Minnesota the a couple years I. ago. But, right, and then, yep, that too. Um, but you also have... The Bucks are getting back their best defender, Devin White, this weekend. Um, I think it's that. It's Devin's first team. Uh, yeah. And then is it going to be enough for Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady to come together and say, okay, the last two times we tried this air attack, it didn't work. Let's pound the football against this team and use play action and short passes. Like, they're not going to be expecting that. So – you know, if, if they're able to put ego aside and not try to feed everybody and just give the ball to the big guy, you don't even need no. Ronald Jones. C- clearly, he's you marginalized know. himself yeah. out of this lineup. It's it's not that. It's that he's hurt. You know, he hurt his finger. He hurt his thigh. He hurt his hamstring. Like, and, you know, Fournette has a lot to prove. He's playing for a contract next year. Like, he's trying to get paid. Like, he's not coming back to Tampa. All right? He's trying to get paid. He might be a Jet, oh God. or he might be he, he might be a, a a Cardinal. Like he's trying to get paid, so give him the football and make him earn it. Like that's it, and play action. And your defense can swallow up Drew Brees. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about them playing so, defense. So dare at all we say? Because... Dare we say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to play New England Patriots football? Exactly. We've been saying that all year, though, exactly. and they they haven't been doing it. If you do it, it was funny because when I'm when I was watching the Saints play, they don't play New England style football. But you know, in situations where Brady would throw the ball to you know Wes Welker or Brady would throw the ball to Julian Edelman, they're giving the yeah. ball to Kamara, like out of the backfield, screen pass, or simply handing it off. Like that's the difference. It's still all short passes. 
you know, and then they go deep balls when they need to surprise people or, or when people are getting lazy or trying to take advantage of things. But they're, you know, they quick pass in the red zone. Uh, they, he gets the ball out so fast. Mike Thomas just walks in the end zone. And so then, you know, so yeah, how'd that feel for right. you, by the way? I mean, I know you had Michael Thomas all year. Ha! I couldn't believe it. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, <laughs> now? Now? Money Mike. Big money Mike. Oh, oh my God. I was, I couldn't believe it. It's got, there's no way that uh, there's a low, there's no way there's a long list of people who have won their fantasy football championship without their first round pick ever scoring a touchdown. It's, it's just not, it's not possible. It's not it's, possible. You know, I mean, due to injury, it is possible, but just from not being, you know, from being there, but not producing. No, but, <laughs> I mean, from injury, sure. Your first round pick You're goes fucked, down usually. a very rare, you know, those Saquon Barkley oh, people out there yeah. or, you know, you, you didn't get far. Or Christian McCaffrey this year. Like, your team's sorry. You weren't anywhere near it. The fact that I drafted him and I still made it and I won. It's so, the bottom line, incredible. boys and girls, is that you need to listen to this guy for fantasy football Don't tips. give up. Because <laughs> he won without his best wide receiver scoring a touchdown. That's how good this man is on fantasy. But one thing I do want to see from the Bucks, in terms of their running game, I want to see some complementary runs. So not just up the middle. I definitely want to see them integrate maybe even Shady McCoy with some out, outside passes, you know, like utilize some of these guys like you would utilize James White. You know, that's what made the New England run game effective. It wasn't just Sony Michelle. It wasn't just Rex Burkhead. It was the pass catcher in White coming out of the backfield and getting the job done. So if, if they have any of that short passing game, like the, the Saints do, because they have a really nice one-two punch with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, but if they can, if the Buccaneers can muster any of that, it's, it's going to be a long day for the Saints. Speaking of a long day, the national championship of college football occurred on Monday night. It wasn't even close. The Ohio, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, congratulations, you beat Clemson, Alabama and Clemson. 52-24. This was an ass-whooping. An absolute ass-whooping. Mac Jones, 36-45 of 45 for 464, and get this, five touchdowns. Five. That's... That's not a typo. Five touchdowns. Devontae Smith, your Heisman Trophy winner. 12 catches for 215 and three touches. He was averaging almost 18 yards per possession. I wonder, how is the CFP feeling about this one? And ultimately, what does this say about Nick Saban's legacy? That he was able to win in such dire circumstances with the COVID cloud over the season and constantly having to change it up and constantly being flexible and knowing a college football coach like Nick Saban and most football coaches in general, flexibility is not one of their strong suits. So what does this say about Nick Saban's legacy? I mean, I don't think much has changed for Nick. I mean, he's, he's a great college coach. Arguably one of the greatest of all time. Captured his, I believe it's his sixth title. I think he has five. With, oh, no, seventh. Seventh title, six with Alabama. And he had one with LSU. He's a great college coach, but he's a terrible pro coach. <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion. And I think I think the NCAA and the CFP, they got lucky because Alabama won. Because I'm telling you right now, if OSU won, they need to put an asterisk on it. Because they only played seven games. Even now, I don't know. You might need to put an asterisk on this one because of, you know, the terms of the season, the terms and conditions of the season, um, what everybody went through, and so on and so forth. Um, but it, it's listen, it's still remarkable. And I'm definitely not taking away from anything from Alabama because what they had to do this year, they played an all SEC schedule. They won all mm-hmm. of their games. That'll no. never ever happen again as long no as there's no pandemic. No cupcake you on the schedule this year. Um, Right, and I don't, I don't think 
they were the best all around team because you know their defense was yeah. a little shaky, but uh, still, still very impressive. No, still absolutely, impressive. and you know, I equate Alabama to the Yankees in this regard. The Yankees have their they have the ability to get any player they want at any given time. So too does Alabama just because of the cachet of playing for Nick Saban and playing for Alabama. So you can cherry pick the best of every state. So with that, Nick Saban is definitely, you know, I'd like to see what he can do with lesser talent, but you know, for what he's been able to do at Alabama and at LSU, He's just carrying on, man. He's just doing exactly what he's been doing for years. And this one probably has to be sweeter because he had to he mowed through the SEC and he eliminated all doubt. Uh, granted, at the end, you do have that question mark of Ohio State being there. But hey, you know what? Ohio State beat Clemson. They got there. So it is what it is. The CFP, you definitely need to look at it. If we are in this situation come the start of next season, they're going to have to figure something out. So whether it's a hard number from the top or something to that effect, like they're going to need to really figure that out. Cause you know what? Cincinnati Bearcats, they didn't get their shot. Coastal Carolina didn't get their shot and they played more games had better records than the Ohio state Buckeyes. And a guy that really improved his draft status, I want to say, or improved his co- improved his standing in the the college season, Matt Jones. You know, four sixty four, five TDs in the biggest game of the year, only nine incompletions. Like that's big time. So, and remember, at at one point, you had Tua, Jalen Hurts, and this guy in the same quarterback group. This guy. This guy. You know, Pac Man, Matt Jones. I think I think the issue though, um, if you if you're the CFP and you're looking at this, you got a real problem, right? Because since your uh, induction in 2014, the only teams that have won the national championship is Ohio State, Alabama, yeah. Clemson, and LSU. So, you know what you're pretty much saying to people is, yo, if you want to go, if you want to win a championship, go to one of these schools. If you just want to play the college football, go go somewhere else. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a fan of the BCS. I'm just trying to say that I don't think this is working and the expanding it isn't the answer. So they need to figure out what they're going to do because I'm tired of seeing Alabama slap up Notre Dame. I'm tired of seeing Alabama crush people in the national championship. Like I I didn't even watch the game. I I turned it on. I watched the first half because it was over. Um, uh, And you want to see new, new blood in there. Like I, I would like to see the Bearcats in there, or you know, give Coastal Carolina a shot. Like this was the year this to try been something. Year of the like Chanticleers, that. baby. Even Chanticleers. If, right. So you know, and 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 you're used to there being mm-hmm. runs in football, right? I mean, we remember when Nebraska was on top. We remember when the Hurricanes are on top. Uh, you know, we it does go through cycles. But listen, we're looking at. SEC football here. There's one Big Ten team that won since 2014. No, it's, it definitely work. needs to change. So, uh, of course, of it's course, the ACC, Clemson. Yeah. Sorry, the ACC, the ACC as well. But I'm just trying to say, like, we're not seeing every conference represented. We're not, we're not seeing, we're not, we're not seeing enough of everybody. And you know, there's, there's life outside of Alabama. You wouldn't know that by recruiting them. So it's it's definitely something that if Alabama like Michigan tried this too, Michigan tried to to get out there and try and compete with Alabama on a national recruiting level, and you know they still can't compete like with all of Go Blue and Jim Harbaugh and I want a Michigan man and all of that stuff they were never they weren't even close they weren't in the same league as Alabama. So it's definitely something in the water down there to the point where he's even recruiting coaches. They go down there like Lane Kiffin started as an intern and then he he moved on, you know, like uh, Nick Saban, very much like Bill Belichick, because they they are cut from the same tree. Like it's just a magnet. It's a strange, strange magnet. 
and at this program and it's just it's so successful schools and ad's and coaches need to be looking at this and like what is the difference like what is the culture that he's creating to where talent wants to go there yes it's winning but there's got to be like what's caused in all this as rick flair used to say like winning is the result of preparation winning is the result of scheme winning is the result of talent like what is the secret ingredient that's going on here like how is he cultivating this Yeah, I mean he's got the best players. In yeah, the country, right. How do but how do I, as Coastal Carolina or Notre Dame or Utah, like how do how do I get you know how do I get these players to say I'm not going to Alabama, I'm coming to Utah or Notre Dame or Coastal Carolina or Colgate, you know? Like it, it's uh it it almost becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, like you said. If it's not power, if you're not a power five, you're not going anywhere. And that's something that needs to change. Absolutely needs to change. Bullshit or no shit? We're going to debunk this week's most controversial sports topics right now. You know the rules, boys and girls. If we agree with the statement, it's no shit. If we disagree with the statement, it is bullshit. Bullshit or no shit statement number one, the NHL will avoid a COVID outbreak this season. Bullshit. NHL, the NBA has already had to postpone four games and they're not even a month into the season. So I'm sure the NHL is going to be hit hard just like any. The NHL is opening up tonight and I'm going bullshit as well. I, I want this to be true. They've scheduled hockey for 116 consecutive games. 116 consecutive days, excuse me. That's, that's mighty ambitious. And they've already put protocols in place that basically the players are almost in de facto bubbles in their team. You know, they're only playing within their division. So they're... Travel is limited to the Northeastern Corridor or the Pacific or Canada. So that has been mitigated to some concern. Like, for example, in the NBA, the Nets just played the Denver Nuggets. So that hasn't been, that wasn't addressed at all. The NBA is, you know, conducting their season as if these things are, you know, it's just business as usual. They recently just put in a mandate that um, guests, need to be banned from hotels so you know to throw in a little soccer lingo the wags aren't going to be allowed in so your wives your girlfriends family like this is only this has just been addressed now the nhl had these protocols in place but that being said you can't I mean, you're still going to be interacting with people outside of your bubble, so it's bound to happen. So, total bullshit. Statement number two, bullshit or no shit, Lamar Jackson will be the most dangerous man on the field this Saturday. No shit. The Bills gave up 24 points to the Colts. Wait until this guy gets on the field. And if God help them, if it snows. Right. You know, that's definitely going to be advantage Lamar Jackson because he's just going to take off. Um, I'm going to go bullshit on this one. Just the simple fact that we need to slow our roll a little bit. It was, you know, granted it's a small sample size. And Steve Levy was hammering that point home during the game against the Titans. Yes. Oh, it's one. He's one and two. One and two. Oh, it was, it was so unfair to Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson put us in that position to be unfair because he played like absolute dog shit. So let's be fair to the people who have eyes and brains, Mr. Levy. Going into this game, you know. Fan of the show, of by course, the way. You know, we love Steve Levy. You know, baseball tonight when he was on there, it was great. But you know, yeah, stick yeah, for a total friend of the program. Don't stop talking about football, Steve. Anyway, um, Lamar Jackson needs to prove it again. 
he has not earned the benefit of the doubt. So I, I'm going to go bullshit on this one. I'm going to say Josh Allen is the most dangerous man on the field because, you know, he's basically the entire pass game and the entire run game just like him. But Josh Allen, that completion percentage is definitely something that, you know, it definitely stands out. So I'm going bullshit. Last but not least, bullshit or no shit, number three, Aaron Rodgers is in big trouble on Saturday when he faces the Rams. I'm saying no shit because L.A. had the number one defense during the regular season. They put Russell on his back five times this past weekend. They're going to have Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams, and they're going to be coming after Number 12. Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting Jeopardy from what I've heard. And uh, he's going to be in Jeopardy on Saturday. So I'm going no shit as well. Last time I checked, Aaron Donald still plays for the Rams, correct? He's he's hurt, he's though. Hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's, he's going to play. play. And he's definitely going to draw attention whether he's healthy or not. That opens it up for the other guys on the defensive line and the linebackers to get in Aaron Rodgers' face. Like you said, Jalen Ramsey's going to be on Devontae Adams. And Jalen Ramsey relishes these matchups. He loves the good versus good matchup. Good on good, as he likes to say. He's not going to totally take him out of the game. But, you know, I mean, Devontae no. Adams is an undeniable talent. But he will slow him down a little bit. Aaron, he's going to force he's going to force them yeah. to go somewhere else. And, and that's yes, where they're going to get I mean, in trouble. Uh, or Tunyon over the middle. So he's going to, I mean, that's the other thing. If Aaron Rodgers escapes the pocket, which Russell Wilson wasn't able to do, he's going to have at least a little bit of a shot. But the way that pocket collapsed on Russell Wilson, it remains to be seen what Aaron Rodgers can do if there's no separation with his wideouts. Time to see what's cooking this weekend, sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A-Z. You eat it. Check it out today. All right, here we go, boys and girls. It is now time for our picks for this divisional playoff round. Last week I went three and three. Yeah, I was I mean, right. At this point in time, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. TMU. Well. We both got let down by the Seahawks, so I'm going for the it. sweep this week. I'm gonna get why all the games the, right. Why do we this play week? the game? Why do this. we play to win the game? To open up the divisional playoff round this weekend, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Who are you taking? I'm gonna take Ooh. the Rams, uh, even though. Even though Josh, Josh, uh, Jared Goff is definitely going to make it interesting, I just think their defense is this is a this is a perfect matchup for their defense. They're uh, perfectly aligned to deal with what the Packers do. Um, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to score, but Cam Akers is showing he can run the football. So if they're able to run the football and play defense, get a turnover or two from Aaron Rodgers. I think they win the no, game. It's... Close game too. Like twenty to seventeen, twenty Ooh, to fourteen, something like that. That's a bold that's a hot take right there, boys and girls. I'm going with the Packers. They've they've discovered a little bit of a run game. Oh, you're back on the yeah. bandwagon, huh? You're back you're back with I'm, Mr. I'm, Rogers, yes, huh? You were all against them. I'm living in all Mr. Rogers season. neighborhood right now. Yes, I am. But it's not because of Aaron Rodgers I'm taking this team. I I'm taking because of Aaron Jones. And I'm taking him because of A.J. Dillon. And I'm taking him because of Robert Tunyon. Those three guys are the difference makers for this offense. So they're going to keep the Rams off balance. And that's what's going to deliver the win. More so than Devontae Adams or MVS. Aaron Rodgers is going to get his. He's been getting his all year. But I think the run game's going to show up. And it's going to, I mean, we don't know what Jared Goff's going to be. That's the thing that's giving me pause. Like, granted, the number one defense in the league, like you said, but that thumb, man, J Jared Goff did not look right. And, you know, 
he's now what three weeks away from a uh, a thumb surgery. I don't know. I'm taking the Packers. Saturday night special part two: the Ravens at the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. I like what I'm seeing from them. It's gonna be. It, it's not going to be a defensive a defensive masterclass. We'll say both teams are gonna get theirs. The Bills are going to get theirs last. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore um, just because they play better defense. They have the more explosive player, and uh, they seem to be. And you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. So let's throw that in there. And that too. (laughs) Saturday. uh, Saturday's out. Sunday's in. The Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? I'm taking the Chiefs uh, just because I think the I didn't like what I saw last weekend. I know the Cleveland Browns won, but you know they were spotted 28 points and they still only won. They are getting it. Denzel Ward back. I'm not sure if they're getting Batonio back. They are getting Stefanski back too, so I'm not sure if that helps because they're... <laughs> well, they're definitely gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, AVP and they, they did a really good job coaching up that team in Stefanski's absence. He's like, dude, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like, well, you guys don't need me. Like, come on. But I'm taking the Chiefs too. I said the Browns were gonna make a run in the playoffs. This is their run. Like, this is it. This is, I mean, maybe they'll. Yeah, they'll and it's coming to an end. They'll have a lead at the end of the first quarter, and that's their run because. That's what the Chiefs do. They lull you into a false Look out. security and then pop, pop, pop. You don't know what Chiefs are going to roll. <laughs> Next time money's missing off the dresser, I've seen it a hundred <laughs> times. And last but not least, the <laughs> NFC South matchup of the two old quarterbacks. Did you see the, uh, the meme on um, Twitter? It was actually uh, one guy no, not yet. tweeted that Tom Brady – his all of his games should be on the History Channel, and they actually did an age. Yeah, that's a <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw age that. the pictures of him, and Drew Brees looks like a retired math teacher in it. It's it's ridiculous. But who you got, Bucks or Saints? I think I know where you're going though. Yeah, I think Tom Tom's going to go to the NFC Championship game. You got to roll with Brady and the Bucks. They are they are fine. They are coming around. Like we we were talking about this all year that they're rounding into form and they're doing so at just the right time. All right, that does it for our pick segment. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights now on Anchor or Spotify and other premium outlets where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.